This is Fish and Fries, an American soccer podcast. I'm Andrew, and this is my co-host, Spencer. We want to bring you an American perspective on the world game. Welcome back to another episode of Fish and Fries, an American soccer podcast. I'm Andrew, here with my guy Spencer. Spencer, how does it feel to know that Bernardo Silva is apparently going to leave the team next year because he played one game at left back? Sorry, what's that, Andrew? I can't hear you from all the way up here. It's it's a high altitude here at the top of the table. I'm, I'm having trouble. Can you can you go a little louder, my friend? Oh, I, I actually think you're at a different frequency of we've never won the Champions League. So it must be some kind of miscommunication there. I definitely no can't Champions hear you now. League. Definitely also- can't hear you. <laughs> We're gonna, we might have to pause this podcast. We might have some technical difficulties to work through today or something. Because just something's not computing here. Because... I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> Barcelona probably needs a left back. So Bernardo Silva reportedly out the door. It's a fun little game we play every time anyways. But Oh, it's a fun um, little game that everybody aside, plays. That, like well, every, well, every transfer window. I was about window. to say. I was about to, oh, oh, okay, yeah, because I don't hear any crap about the transfer windows. So that's just you, big boy. Um, but no, absolutely here with a great crop of games as the Premier League is – had a little bit of a change near the top or at the top. We've also had some Champions League games. We are back into meaningful, exciting soccer. But I've got to ask you, Spencer, how was your weekend? How was the Super Bowl, buddy? Pretty good, man. Can't complain. Took the uh, Super Bowl Monday off, thank God, because I drank an obnoxious amount on Sunday and (laughs) felt like shit the next day. Totally paid for it. If I was at work, then I might have actually like just shriveled up and died but it's a solid game like can't complain one of the better super bowls a little anticlimactic at the end uh not a football podcast we don't have to get super into it but had a good time how about you my friend i i I had a good time with it um it really fit the theme of the whole weekend of just incredibly questionable refereeing decisions is actually kind of how i wanted to transition into uh a little bit of talk there about last week with VAR and the uh, holding call on Bradbury, which I like that he at least went on Twitter, the cornerback there who got called for that holding. It was like, yeah, I held him. I was like, all right, that's better than in the premier league where there are just no answers. Nothing ever happens. Oh my goodness. You know, the only thing that happens is uh, Arsenal got a little bit of an, we'll, we will get into VAR. We've, we've got some, we've got some thoughts on that. hundred percent. I I think it's, impossible not to get into VAR with uh granted it's a little dated we were talking before we got on that not going to go super duper in depth with games that happened five six days ago in some circumstances uh from last week and kind of touch on a few but hard to not talk about VAR and or lack thereof VAR kind of last weekend Andrew well and and there was nothing <laughs> there was no controversial cars calls in the Arsenal City game so you know pretty much just gets uh swept right under the rug here yeah, no, no refereeing decisions at all that have uh, set Twitter ablaze <laughs> after that game yesterday. There were almost no uh, full capital letters text of the referee's name sent out by one Spencer Sherrod. So um, almost none of those happened on Wednesday. So yeah, things things were said in the moment, like you know, spoiler, not really a spoiler here. Like we'll, we'll yeah, get into it, but I mean, yeah, I, and really, we're about to get into it. 
So that's let's let's, uh, let's start at the beginning of the game. Then we'll we'll go into my tirade that I threw in about the forty second minute or whatever it was. <laughs> Should we start with the absolute Christmas gift uh, of all Christmas gifts? It's like, hey, Tomiyasu, buddy, uh, I know you're starting. Uh, that's great. If there's one thing you shouldn't do, it's just give Kevin De Bruyne like a volley basically into an open net. He's super good at soccer. And unfortunately, yeah, I, in like the 30th minute. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately for Arsenal, um, apparently Japanese Christmas is on February 15th. So Merry Christmas to Tomiyasu and all Arsenal fans. I guess it's more to City Dutch fans. Christmas. It's a Dutch <laughs> Christmas, if anything. It's... But um, yeah, that's let, let's uh, probably start there, I guess. Because uh, the first half, honestly, it, pretty it kind of, even yeah. for the most part, like, City weren't their best. I would definitely say they were trying. Look, they're still doing this weird thing where they're trying to figure out how the hell to structure this team. Pep is still tinkering. Pep's still trying to figure out, like, is it three at the back? Is it five? Is it four? Is it Bernardo Silva's our left back? Is it Kyle Walker's should play? Is it more midfielders? Is it two attackers? Like, we don't know. It's a very, it's, it's a time of, and it's, you know, don't, this isn't lost on me that this is very much a statement of privilege for me that this is a time of transition for City and they won this game, go top of the league. <laughs> it's 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 a nice it's a nice transition. I appreciate, but I, pre- I appreciate the thought, man. The thought, it's not thought, lost yeah. on me, right? It's not lost on me that like you know if this is a if this is your time of transition, quote unquote, then it's what a hell of a t- like what is normal. But normal for them, from the same team you had to the same team you still have. It's, it's an incredible transition. Pep coach. Well, of they're, the year. they're trying to figure out the striker <laughs> thing, right? Because like Erling Holland, and we can get into tactically some of the stuff he was doing, but um, they're they're trying to figure out how to play. They haven't played with the striker for three seasons, basically since Aguero really left. They haven't figured out how to play with a like they haven't had to play with a striker. They've done right. false nine or, or played with like a Gabriel Jesus, who's more of like a hybrid winger striker or something. So playing with a true nine like Holland, they're still working it out. But shout, shout out to the Arsenal fans who are listening. <laughs> Just an absolute like, hey, that guy you're missing and is part of the huge problem. We didn't even want him. <laughs> we didn't even want him. We would have played shout him out. at the wing, maybe. Shout out, shout out. But even seriously, um, Kind of circling back to this, we can get into more some tactical stuff here in a minute. But um, first half, like City, kind of a little unorganized, not not horrible or anything. Some people were like, some of the pundits on the game were saying oh, they were, yeah. like really bad and stuff. I thought it was just a very tense first half for both teams. Um, as you said, we can kind of pick it up at the Tomiyasu mistake where he's getting pressured down the wing by Holland. I do believe. And he kind of just goes for a back pass and uh, it, it's a bad back pass for sure. But Kevin De Bruyne, like you have to give him full credit. I think therefore he didn't quit on the play. He could have very easily, if you watched the reverse angle, like just peeled off and been like, it's going back, whatever he, he takes a few, like a little half sprint in to see speculative, speculatively, if maybe Tomiyasu messes up this ball. He does. He's there for it, and the finish is sensational, man. That that finish to go loop it over Ramsdale like that was crazy. I think most guys would have probably tried to round the keeper, and 
that gives Ramsdale more of a chance to kind of cut off the angle or something. But they hit it first time just over him, no problem on his left foot, which it's is weak foot. That's what I was about to ask. Like I mean, his weak, weaker weak, foot. quote unquote weak foot. It's like yeah, yeah. right. But uh, <laughs> it was beautiful. Like it was just one of those weird moments too where you see somebody hit a ball and it's just like it felt like it was hanging in the air forever for like me as a city fan i'm just like where's it going where's it going where's it going oh my god it's in the net let's go like but it was an amazing finish man i, I don't know i don't know you got to see this one so what were your thoughts on it but when it was yeah like that hanging was in the air for 30 minutes so as i mean it's hard to be neutral right when it's like arsenal and city and everything else like that but as someone without a dog in the fight I immediately felt horrible for Tomiyasu because he's not the regular there, right? It's Ben White, so he's already going to get that kind of, you know, kind of short end of the stick, right? When it's like, oh, Ben White wouldn't have made that play, right? That's who we normally play there. Um, And then also, it's just like, like, it's clearly a mishit, right? It's not like a really, it's not a great read, but it's not a bad, horrible, horrible read. And I, I immediately wanted him to like get on the he- get on the end of like a header or something like that, so it could at least be like an, a neutral game for Tomiyasu. I I felt bad. He actually also gets like a foot on one of these goals late for <laughs> City too, and kind of pushes it under the keeper. Like guy just had a real bad day. I I, I feel for him. Is 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 tough, right? Yeah, it was a tough was one tough. for him. Um, on top of that too, like. Uh, another guy who had kind of a tough day moving on from the goal by city was uh, Eddie and Ketia didn't have the best yeah. days, right? It was one of those, it was probably the first time where I, at least I've watched they Arsenal. Used, and- they could have used like a city cast off up there. Just somebody city has no use for maybe like a free train. I don't know. Just someone city doesn't need up there would have been real helpful. To well, we'll see what we I- recycle next year. Maybe <laughs> Cole Palmer. Just but, dominating. <laughs> but um, seriously, like in Ketty, uh, we, we probably should circle back a little bit to that. He had a free header yeah. earlier before that goal that he put wide. Um, you'd expect him or at least want him to definitely do better than that on there. That said, he also was the one who won the foul against Ederson. I'll let you go first here, man. Uh, yeah. For the penalty that Arsenal get. Let's, let's hear what you got. And then I'll kind of go in with my, uh, Empty you the know, clip as it is. my yeah, no, blue I, colored I, I glasses. Well, like, look, as, as someone who's both seen and understood, like sometimes they just call a penalty and you don't understand why. That's what I immediately put it down to. Like my first thought was like, Oh, not in this game. Like, not when it really matters. Like, if it's Crystal Palace, you know, Crystal Crystal Palace versus, like, Villa, right? Some mid-table thing. We wouldn't even remember this, right? For it to happen in such a big game where, like, he puts the ball past him, right? It's like a 50-50 ball, and Ketty gets there barely a half second early, right? And he puts the ball goalward. So I see what the referee's saying with there. But, like, I don't know that you can call it, like, a denial of a goal-scoring opportunity. Right. And right away on the broadcast, they're like, if that happens at midfield, right, it's maybe a free kick. Like, it's probably a free kick. But to give it as a penalty in a game where, you know, top, literally top of the league is at stake is just like, oh man, they pulled somebody off of this game, like to do the VAR after how bad VAR was at the weekend. And now you're just going to put all the pressure back on the referees. Like, 
thank God they're basically accountable to no one and have no stakes ever in their job. Otherwise, you know, this would be a really tough day for them to answer questions. But um, like, like just a completely confusing call. It's like my, my like reaction was like, I don't understand it. And I was like, I guess it's just I guess it's a penalty. Sure. Like didn't didn't like it, didn't love it. But at the same day, I was like, OK, I guess so. They do run into each other. But I don't know. Would, would not have been a penalty for me. Tough to watch. Well, who had this on their bingo cards? I think I'm actually going to be a little more OK with it than okay. you were even even with my sky blue color glasses. Right. Sure. Here's sure. my sure. thing. Here's my hang up with it. It is a foul. I think it is a foul. Yeah. Right. I'm not denying that whatsoever. My my issue with it would be you never see that called, right? That's I call I believe I texted you the terminology I used because we can get into it a little later when we talk about how Chelsea was playing at the exact same time, so you didn't see oh this live. Yeah. It was a very stressful day for the fish and fries podcast hosts here, guys. Yeah, we had, the, we had a the day. Queen had to die in September, so that we had to have these two games on the same freaking day at like the same time, which was tough. But the way I described it to you in text, because you asked me like what happened, I said it was a FIFA penalty because <laughs> if you do play FIFA, you will know that you have the times where your opponent like runs through, gets a strike off clean, everything's fine about it, and like you fouled them, you pressed a tackle button after they shot. You didn't influence the shot. You didn't like the play's over as far as that concern. You kind of catch them on your follow through late, a, a solid second or so after they shot it, and it's didn't it like I said didn't influence anything with the scoring chance. In FIFA, like. That's a, you know, black and white video game. That's a foul in the box. They're going to call it. Sure. I've never, I, I can't recall one ever being called like that in a game of soccer that I've been watching where it's yeah, nothing influenced the scoring chance itself because he got a shot on goal. It was going in. It was an amazing goal line clearance by uh, the city defender. I believe it was Ake, but mm-hmm. like, I, I don't, I'm not going to argue at all that it's not a foul. It's just, it seemed like a weird time, like you kind of were referencing, a weird game for this to be enforced all of a sudden. Yeah. But if that's if that's the standard, that's the standard. Fine. I'm okay with that going forward if that's the standard, but it just it's it felt inconsistent, I guess I should say. If two two things in your reaction. One, uh, this is incredible. I feel as as a friend of yours. Thank God they won this game. Otherwise, we'd have about another 45 minutes on this dreadful call, I feel like. That's totally it, possible. It goes, it goes down for you 100% more easier because the result of this game, right? Um, one. And then two, like, having just watched the replay, right, with the audio of the broadcast, it takes them, like, on the broadcast, their immediate thought is, like, must be a handball on the line, must be something, because, like, Anthony Taylor gives it straight away, mm-hmm. right? He gives he gives the penalty straight away. And when and I feel like this is something that a lot of announcers do. Um, I notice it more with soccer just because I'm watching a lot of it. Right. They don't want to be critical of the ref. Right. They don't want to be very rarely do they say like that's a bad call. Right. Even in like an American football game. Right. They'll say like that's a bad call. I don't agree with it. Right. That doesn't ever really happen in like a soccer broadcast. They never just go against what someone says on the field. Maybe they don't agree with it or it's a questionable call or, you know, something, blah, blah, blah. But it's never just like, I don't agree with this. The fact that they're like, maybe it's a handball on the line. 
I don't know, tells me the truth of like, it it wasn't a penalty. It doesn't feel like a penalty. Because if it doesn't feel like a penalty, and that's what the English all want is, how does it feel? Was it against the run of play? Was it this? Was it this? If it didn't feel like a penalty, it didn't feel like a penalty. Right. And just a side note with the broadcast team, um, it, it, it was getting, like, at least... It, <laughs> from my point of view, it was getting kind of contentious <laughs> amongst them, like Lee Dixon, Graham Lasso, and uh, Peter Drury. Like Peter Drury was kind of really going at him, like because it seemed like Lee Dixon and Graham Lasso both kind of sided with that being a penalty after they saw the replay oh. and saw kind of how it went. <laughs> and but they were like, even throughout the game, they were. I, I, I always, to be fair, sorry to both of them. I kind of always mix up Lee Dixon and Graham Lasso in commentary. They don't have the same. They just, they don't have like super discernibly different voices. Right. So I, I don't voices. We're not hating on them. I think they're both like before, before we get people who are like, they're not good. It's like, I actually, I think they are the best. Yeah. Soccer announcers are the absolute best. Yeah. I think they're both. They do sound, (laughs) they do sound similar. It is. Especially it comes to me as like, yes, the, the wise British man said the smart thing. Right. It's kind of how it comes through the speakers sometimes. Like, I don't know who's talking. This is what was super hard for me was that I felt like one of them was going super hard in on that's a penalty. And I'm like, okay. And maybe it was the other one. You know, this was yesterday. I'm trying to remember exactly, but I I feel like one of them was kind of saying, you know what? And Peter Drury was kind of being like, what? Like that's never called. And I, I wanted to go and tweet. Right. And this is, you know, well on me, I didn't have the hair trigger because Lee Dixon, I do know, played for Arsenal for a long time. And I'm like, if Lee Dixon's on this game and he's just sitting here and being like, 100% a penalty, like I'm going to get on Twitter and just call this guy a biased asshole and he shouldn't be doing this game. But I'm not positive it was him. It might have been Graham Lasso, who doesn't have a title Arsenal as far as I'm aware. So, But either way, that made for a fun like rest of the game because they were contentious up there. They, they were like little like passive aggressive comments flying back and forth like even up until like the 80th minute somebody threw something because there was a foul at like midfield or something and they're like mm, remind you of anything or something like that no, <laughs> which i like, love i love when that happens i love when it's a little contentious like and and really i just kind of enjoy the whole like british humor of like an understated jab at the guy or something like that like and a lot of it's like the self-effacing stuff that i really appreciate on the broadcast like Somebody makes a move and they're just like, oh, thank goodness I'm not playing like, you know, that kind of stuff. And but yeah, when it's when it's pointed the other way and it gets a little bit combative. Beautiful. It's so oh. passive aggressive, man. <laughs> so wonderful. But um, it's like that's, by, that's, by, if you're if you were just re- if you were reading a transcript, you'd be like, they're not arguing. If you're, <laughs> if you're listening to it, you're like, oh, they're absolutely arguing. They're yeah. not agreeing right now. Just that that English tone, that passive aggressive tone they get, that proper football man tone. It's just, I'm with you. It's awesome. But let's uh, kind of move along here. Uh, it is a penalty. Whatever. Like I said, if it's called that way, it's called that way. I'm okay with it, but I don't want to see the same thing happen in a Villa versus Palace game. Yeah, yeah, and and it not be called. So, but moving good, along, good, yeah, good like, penalty for Saka. Right? Yeah, guy drills it. There's no shot. Well, Ederson um, told him exactly where to shoot it and then dove the other way. Pointed there the entire time. Said, shoot at that corner, okay, shoot at that is, corner. This brings up a great question. You're the goalie. What are you doing? Like, do you distract the guy? Do you just do your own thing? 
Like, do you go full Emmy Martinez, right? Like, what's your move? Spencer, you're on the goal line. What's your oh, move? Oh, I'm, I'm like, I'm way close to like the Emmy Martinez method of like, I'm doing everything I can to get in your head. So I don't really fault Ederson. Like, I would probably play the same type of game of like, I'm going right there. I'm going right there. And then like, you know, just messing with them, trying to get in their head. Just a tough look for sure when you tell him exactly where to shoot it and he shoots and it right does. there and scores yeah. on you. It's a tough look, right? But I get right. you hedge it, like whatever, fine, that's okay. Just not the best optics, that's all. It, it reminds me, it was one point where I was coaching a YMCA soccer soccer team, right, at high school in a job, and that's what I would do whenever they would take penalties is I would play goalie and I would stand there and be like, don't shoot it over here. Don't don't shoot it over here. I'm going to save it. If you shoot it over there, maybe you can make it, but I don't shoot it. And like watching at this point, I was seriously working with five-year-olds, their brain just turning of like, okay, he said not to, but maybe he would be ready for that. Like, and then seeing it sometimes work on professional soccer players is incredible, but no good oh. penalty from Saka. Steps We're up, all closer to it. five years old than you think, man. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, my save percentage on that was not great either, but moving on. <laughs> either is Ederson's. Um, neither is Ederson's, to be fair. That's true. It always is confusing when, like, goal, like there there are goalies who are just horrible at penalty kicks. Like, for years, Chelsea had, like, Willie Caballero. And guess what? If it went to PKs, you might bring in Willie Caballero because he's really good at them. He's not good at much else, but that boy can save a penalty. And it's just like, all right. You think 100%. that would translate to being good at the rest of goalie, but. Apparently, they're completely independent of each other. Moving on, um, anything you want to talk about before the Jack Relish goal? Because it felt like in the second half, City, the Tinker Man continued to tinker. City changed it up, and all of a sudden, City felt like the better team where it was like much more even in the first half. I think even a little bit I would shade towards Arsenal being the better team in the first half. Yeah, I think the big thing to say coming out of halftime is uh, Pep just helped get Bernardo Silva a little more cover because Saka was eating him alive over there. He's already on a yellow going into the second half. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And he earned that yellow about four times over? 100%. He earned that yellow. <laughs> I will say that Anthony Taylor was very lenient. He must get dinner twice a week with Bernardo Silva. It was weird, right? Because he was lenient on Bernardo Silva, but then he like books Kyle Walker for, I, I don't even know what. I, I still couldn't figure it out <laughs> in the broadcast. Maybe because he was hurt right before and he came on too early, they speculated. but And then he booked Ederson. That was probably fair because Ederson was kind of time-wasting for sure, which is weird, but whatever. <laughs> but regardless, um, Pep kind of gave Silva a little cover over there, a little more help. Um, kind of neutralized Saka a bit more. And yeah, when it comes to the goal, it's it's kind of another bad mistake from Arsenal is Gabriel just kind of gets eaten alive. And um, look, it was a really nice play from City, I, I have to say, because they played the ball in to Holland. He kind of left it, dummied it. Uh, I believe it went to Gundogan after that. And he tapped it over to Grealish, kind of cut in and Takes a deflection off Tomiyasu, like you said earlier, but it's, it's a nice shot, nice finish. Probably Jack Grealish's biggest moment in a city shirt since he came to there. Um, but yeah, 2-1 yeah. after that. He's, he's had a couple of those lately. I think literally the minute Enzo costs more, he's got the, uh, the literal monkey off his back. Like we joked about that, what, one, two weeks ago? And mm -hmm. it's playing well, man. 
But even since kind of the World Cup, he's really he's been, started. Yeah. He's been in his best run of form since he's put on a city shirt for sure. Like even in that um, United away game, he scored that go-ahead goal also before, you know, the capitulation by Manchester City later in the game. But um, yeah, he's had some good moments. And I, I think that's got to go straight to the top, though, is that ends up holding up as the uh, game winner in this match. But nice move. Again, kind of though for Arsenal, it's... Two goals yeah. that you probably would fancy yourself not to give up in, you know, a run of 10 game, much less in the same game twice, like give up two pretty bad errors that lead to goals. But yeah, man, I, I don't know. It's also like tough to say because circling back to that penalty, just really quick, um, Rodri had a really bad touch that led to the ball in <laughs> that gave up the penalty too. So yeah. it's kind of an error by city that people kind of seem to have glossed over, which fair i mean they won the game so whatever, well, and the, the questionable penalty kind of helps right yeah like right. If, if say and katia just beats him there and just like say it's a crazy finish right we're both of we both already would have said rodri's name being like yep can't have that turnover but it kind of gives you the illusion of like well those are two separate things mm-hmm. the thing i wanted to ask you about is that var decision in i think it's the 58th minute right right before 60 where it ends up being like him, Erling Holland, and I think it's uh, Gabrielle are having like it's a Gabrielle and that. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's actually when I thought this game was going to bubble over and become like a great game, right? Because of like that emotion, like that was the first time it felt real scrappy to me. Like both teams are here to like fight their way through, and well, I can- City City came out ahead on that, even though they didn't, uh, you know, get anything from it, but. Because the yeah, penalty, I can, was called, penalty was called on the field, I think, right? And then they overturned yeah. it. Yeah, so I can oof. tell you from my – I can't tell you about the players, right? But I – there was definitely bubbling over going on at uh, my workplace yesterday as I watched that. Because, look, he is offsides, 100%. Like, it's – Yeah. I, I get that fine. But it just, you know, it really sucked to have, like, what well, at the time I was really riled up about the penalty still. And it's like, we win a penalty. And it's like, okay, it's literally, like, six inches offside. That really sucks. But – City that, that I like to get on that really quick. City were doing this weird thing, right? Where I've never seen them do this. They were okay. launching it a little bit. They were launching it to Holland and just like you know what, playing the most route one football I have seen them play under Pep <laughs> Guardiola, which is probably something they need to mix in, man, because it was working in the second half. They kind of came out and were like, <laughs> we're gonna launch this to Holland a few times in this game and make them think about it, and then you know when. We can like, like the third goal. We can kind of move ahead to that. Like that was more like the intricate type of play and stuff. The more like typical City Manchester goal, City goal yeah. you'd expect. But like after that penalty incident, like where they just launched it to Holland. Um, I, I think Holland drew a yellow card earlier in the game from somebody because they launched it to him and he just kind of went on a run and drew a yellow off somebody. Um, even the one to Tomiyasu when he made the mistake, they kind of launched it to Honestly, Holland. So. I, I love the idea that. Finally, Pep realizes that Erling Holland is very large and Sergio Aguero was very small, just as people. Um, because I feel like with Aguero, right, it's not beneficiary to the team. It's like, you know, I feel like everything with Pep is like, what is the best, most efficient, beautiful way to attack, right? Mm-hmm. And when you have Sergio Aguero, it's a cutback, it's a cutback inside the six yard box. He will finish it, it will score. Mm-hmm. When you have Erling Holland, it is sometimes just kick the ball far, watch tall, fast guy run after ball, everyone else run with him. 
Right. <laughs> you talk about like the tip of the spear. It's like there's no sharper tip of the spear than Erling Holland to like scare the opponent. And sometimes it works. And this is like a great thing of just like all they could do when he was like, I mean, he was offsides, right? But all they could do when he was in behind is like hip toss him to the ground because he's a giant man. Right. And Pep even had comments afterwards kind of talking about that was something they were trying to implement in this game is just launching it a little bit to him a little bit more and just putting balls in behind. I think that's huge for them, man, because they've tried to play this nice, intricate, beautiful false nine football that they have for the last couple of years. And it works sometimes, right? Beginning of the season, yeah. it was working beautifully. It was working amazingly. Holland was just bagging goals and it was no problem. It's dried up a little bit more now, which is like, you know, still he's Team, scoring. Teams everything. have adjusted, right? I mean, yeah. They've yeah. teams, yeah. The, the league is caught up to what City were doing earlier in the year, and I think it's you know huge for them. I, like it's a huge admission for Pep the way he likes to play football for him to just be like, I don't know, just launch it to the big Norwegian fella once in a while, and see <laughs> right. what happens, and just give him something else to think about if nothing else. And it paid dividends because that third goal, like uh, they were backing off a little bit more, and it kind of allowed him to do that more typical City goal thing, like I said, and the finish from Holland on that third goal was amazing. Oh, it's a great, he catches it on his right foot, right? He catches it on no, his, left. his left foot because it's, it's behind stronger. him, mm-hmm. right? Cuts it over to his right foot, which is an incredible touch just like to yourself. And it's just like, he's taking up like five feet of room because his legs are far apart and he's very tall. Yeah, It's like, it would have been impossible for someone else to reach that far. Like, and I, and I don't say this lightly. It was kind of like, and I say, like, I don't say this lightly. It was kind of Zlatani. Where it's just like an incredible touch. You just go, uh, he's too tall to be, he's too tall and big and fast to be doing this. Yeah, he should be like, like you awkward, can't right? also have that touch, mm-hmm. right? Like, like when, like, I think of the other guy who can do stuff like that is like Giroux. And you go, okay, but guys, guy can't run. All right, great. It makes sense, right? He's like, he's great in some areas, but not as great in other areas. If he's going to also have like that kind of touch like that, it's just disgusting. Um, one thing I wanted to say about Pep is like, if you think of Pep Guardiola as like Randy Johnson, the pitcher, what makes him so good is like you have the best fastball in the game. But the other, but what makes you like the one of the greatest pitchers of all time is you also have the nastiest slider in the game. Booting it up to Holland is just throwing a slide, mm-hmm. right? It's like you have to give people multiple looks, right? right? You have to have more than one pitch you can throw. Um, I think that's a great analogy, actually, because yeah. that's kind of what's been lacking in City's game of right. late. I think he, they... he, you can throw a hundred, and yeah. throwing a hundred will beat most people, right? Like Randy Johnson throwing ninety nine a hundred, mm-hmm. right? Pep Guardiola with a false nine, Kevin De Bruyne, Mares on the wing, Grealish on the other side, a solid back line, and Ederson in goal. You can beat ninety percent of teams, right? And they had to throw their slider today. They had to. They weren't like Arsenal was outplaying them marginally in the first half, right? Went into half 1-1. And they pulled away in the second half because they adjusted. They threw their slider, right? Mm -hmm. Arteta hasn't really, I feel like, shown another way to win like that. I think he's a little bit maybe more limited in kind of the players he has, right? Today's the first day I feel like an Arteta Arsenal team didn't have the best players, and it mattered, right? Because, like, you could say there's between maybe just City and Manchester, right, United, are the only two times that Arsenal's going to go into a game and not have the talent advantage, right? And even that's, like, kind of debatable. Mm-hmm. But Arteta didn't, as far as I can tell, 
do much different in the second half. Whereas Pep, the Tinker Man, who sometimes we've criticized on this podcast for changing things up, was willing to do different stuff. And I, I just think like that's the takeaway from me in this game. That's what's scary. For sure, yeah. And I think, you know, I think that's enough on the game itself. We've gone like 30 minutes on it already. So just kind of more of, you know, moving forward in this title race type of thing, right? For Arsenal, I I do wonder, right? Because now they've hit this. This is their first wobble of the season, right? Like yeah, and it's, have, and it's a full wobble, right? It's There's a full no on wobble now. When we talked we talked last week. We said, um, you know, if they were like this time next week when we get together, like if they're, you know, three, four games in a row, then we're calling it a full on. Like we're in a wobble now. Like they, they lost to in the cup. They lose to uh, Everton, draw at home against Bradford. Now another loss, like w- the cup game aside, I guess, but one point in their last nine possible. We're in a right. full on wobble right now. And yeah. you know, when I watch that game and I think back on that game yesterday, I'm like, you know, Martinelli, nothing uh Odegaard I, like this is a guy I said a few weeks ago was the best player in the league like the way he was playing but yeah like, yeah di- didn't threaten much at all had a couple like really bad services and stuff like wasn't pert like wasn't a huge factor in this game uh their soccer was their best player I thought for certain like for certain in this game he was the only guy that was really causing consistent threat but just a lot of guys like party's a big miss in the midfield for sure but um you know, I didn't think their midfield was getting dominated or anything in the game yesterday. They just, it was just kind of a mush, man. And they're going to have to work through this because, you know, a few weeks ago, I know we talked about like these additions they made in January. I thought they were, you know, sensible. I thought they were logical, made sense. The problem was going to be, did they have the mental fortitude, you know, like when it came down to the nitty gritty, when they, when they hit a wobble like this in form, can they turn it like, Losing at Everton, that should be it and done. Like, you know, City have a bad loss sometimes, but they typically turn it around the next fixture, right? Like the Tottenham game happened a few weeks ago, (coughs) and they've won every game since then. So um, they've turned this into a full-on wobble. They've totally erased that gap they have. They still have the game in hand for sure, so still on paper control their own destiny for sure. Both teams technically do because they still have a fixture against each other. But um April yeah, it's going to be a, April twenty sixth. Wait so much longer, well, and like man. the thing, the thing that's crazy is like, so four weeks ago, right? World Cup coming out of the World Cup. Me and you sat here and we talked about, you know, does has Arsenal run away with the league? We both said it was early, right? But their feel, but like the point discrepancy was so big that we both had to give it a little bit of like maybe. The math made right? it hard for City. The math made it hard. And Arsenal and City, like like you just said, they're so consistent, right? And that's why they always win the league. And that's, I mean, they have trouble in the Champions League because it's just showing up on one day and they can, you can beat them on one day. You mm-hmm. can't beat them over 38 days, mm-hmm. right? You can't, you can't win the war. You might win the battle. Yeah. And that's what Pep is so good at, right? So to me, it's like the bigger story is like City closed that gap. Are we even talking about the league the next time they play on April 26th? Is there like, cause it doesn't, it's not headed that way right now and city's turning it into a different gear and they've done this before, right? Pep galvanized the locker room because they, you know, with all that financial fair play stuff, I'm not trying to bring it up and bring down on you, but like 
we talked about it. He turned that into a talking point, mm-hmm. right? Said these outlandish things, right? Got all kind of the focus on him and was able to look at a team that's won this how many years in a row? This this competition? The Premier League? Yeah. I believe it's we're on two straight right now. This would be the third in a row. So a team that's largely the same, has largely won this competition before, and said, look, nobody believes in us, which is just untrue. But you can say it in the locker room, and because there's some outside pressure coming in, that's what a good manager does, mm-hmm. right? So now Arsenal's, Arteta's got to get into his locker room and look at his guys and say, look, we were winning this league. Mm-hmm. Now nobody thinks we can do it. Otherwise, I'm real worried the next time this fixture comes up. Uh, we're talking about Arsenal securing a Champions League spot as opposed to playing for the playing for the uh, title again. Because I'd love to play for the title again. This was a lot of fun. I'd love to do it. I don't know, man. I don't know. The, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, they have a nice like run of fixtures here, like on paper at least for a while. They don't play any like the big big teams here for a few weeks, I believe, up until like early March um, or maybe early April actually. But um. For Arsenal, like Arteta did say after the game, he's got more faith in his team. Like that might just be manager talk, trying to, you know, galvanize the boys, kind of like you're saying. But he said he had more faith after seeing kind of how they, at least for a half, went toe-to-toe with this champion-level team. Um, For them too, I will say that, you know, I I think the getting it launched thing, if I haven't made that apparent, I think that's huge that, like, is if city can kind of mix that in well and keep teams honest a little more than just sitting behind the ball and not letting them play through them and saying, okay, you're going to, you know, low block, whatever. Yeah. We'll just throw one over the top to the big Norwegian guy. Like if you keep teams honest and they can get this going and get back on the right page, then city could go on one of these crazy runs like they do once in a while. But um, I wouldn't bet on that. I think that city probably have another couple weird, you know, wobbly games where they lose to a team they shouldn't lose or something. I think they'll probably drop points a few more times this year. It's really, I think, on Arsenal to steady the ship, basically, yeah. and get back to more what they were in the first half of the season. Their their next five games, right, for Arsenal are Villa, Leicester, Everton, Fulham, and Palace, right? Three months ago, that would be 15 points for Arsenal, mm-hmm. right? Now it feels like, well, you know, if they can get 10 of those, right, just right. with how well, how poorly they've played against the bottom teams, then they get this kind of shock. Maybe it's a shock to the senses, right? And I just, I just don't know, right? Like, are we going to be talking about them the same way the next time we play or the next time you guys play? Because I would love a really good title race. I would love it. I know you're hoping to put this thing in the bag, but... You know, <laughs> I would but love to be a, 15 points up by the middle of April, but uh, so we'll you're predicting no out. wins of the next five. You heard it here first. Arsenal, oh, I'm not predicting 15, that. Arsenal dropped 15 straight points from the man who bought you guitar to the knockout rounds. Comes uh, Arsenal, no points over the next five games. The Spencer share is, guarantee. Take it to the is, bank. There is no stamp, Spencer stamp of approval on that one, my friend. But one last. <laughs> gripe i guess that i have really quickly is that 
if the Premier League does not fucking reschedule this game, because it is scheduled for a Wednesday afternoon again, if I have yeah. to watch that game and it's like we're tied on points going into that game or something, and it's super consequential like this one was. Are I'm you going to have to take a day? Are you to take I'm going to have off? I'm gonna have to at least half day it. I'm gonna have to half day it. But like, I would like to not do that. Please just put this on like a Sunday afternoon for the sanity of us all, especially now that football season is over. Just stick it on a Sunday in the morning on Saturday. Even like, even that's better. I mean, that's better, but that's asking a lot. You'd get up with ribbons on for that. Any of us would. Oh, I'd be up for sure. But like, but okay. So you would. All right, that's a great question. You're Mister Spoiled. Every game's on a Sunday at ten thirty for you. Yep. Would you rather them play next on Wednesday afternoon or 6.30 a.m. Saturday? 6.30 a.m. Saturday every time. But I'm waking up at, okay. like, that's that's one of those big ordeal games where... Right, you're up at I, 5 cooking breakfast. Yeah, exactly. Breakfast and mimosas at 5 a.m., like 100%. But I, I'd rather it just be, like, the Sunday 10.30 game. That'd be I, I, can, I can see you having to talk, like, Brandon or one of our friends into that. Come on, it'll be so much fun. Come on over. Oh, that might be one of those games It's like, better to be alone and then just I have the outlet of just texting you pure vitriol <laughs> when things go wrong. Yeah, because you, you know I'll be up for it. I'm <laughs> for punishment on that. It's just, one of us gets up for both both teams' games. Some of us well, like to sleep in. Oh, come on. Well... Let's go now, with. You uh, earned it over the last couple of weeks. That that's was a fair. fair, that's fair. fair they shot. keep sticking you guys at six thirty, and you guys don't score any goals, man. I don't know what to tell you. Whoa! It's... All right. <laughs> but speaking I of, think that, <laughs> well, I thought like you know the good, good transition here was glutton for punishment, and you know who's a real glutton for punishment? It's uh, any VAR official in. Oh, the except for they don't ever have to answer to anyone, and there are no consequences. Yeah, hundred percent. There's just no consequences at all because uh, let's let's circle back to this okay. weekend really quick before we move ahead to the Champions League because there quick, were a bunch of before we even get to the specifics of it. We know the name Anthony Taylor, right? We we know some other referees. Spencer, we know the name of how many like umpires in Major League Baseball, like uh, Joe West. If I say the name Joe West, are you immediately angry? Does something uh, stir in your chest? And we know their name, and they've like. I need some accountability from officials in all sports. Yeah, I, I know for it. like I need it. I need it. Yeah, uh, like I actually listen to a, a good baseball podcast. Baseball is dead with uh, Jared Carabas. That's a good one if you are into the old sticks and balls sport. But oh, yeah, they talked about this. Cardinals <laughs> broke my heart today. Ah, uh, to yeah, it. it was beautiful. But um, they talked the other day. They were like, you know, they this exact same subject about you don't know many MLB ref. Um, umpires it's basically joe west who's retired we just know him more because actually he was just outlandish and then angel yeah, hernandez was, who's like garbage that was the next one i was gonna bring up andres galarraga right but like otherwise i don't know any of these guys where like when you go to the premier league i know like you could name like pro- i could probably go like my bag's probably five or six guys deep and, like you and, know and that's impressive there's darren england from england you know i love to make fun of him all the time <laughs> But um, if we had a yeah. if we had a guy named Johnny America, we would be made fun of. Americans would be made fun of nonstop online, and the fact that the dude's name is just Darren England from England, and yeah, nothing. Darren England go on, from England. Go on, go on. We're, just We're getting caught in the mud. We're getting, We're getting caught up, but. Uh, I don't know. Maybe these guys are caught up when they're in the little VAR headquarters in London because they just well, don't seem to know what the they're mud. doing. Let's uh. Yeah. Let's kind of run through the three big mistakes over the weekend, right? Um, yeah. The first one was in your game, which you yes, we started off early. 
Um, Thomas Suchek makes an incredible save, puts it around the corner with his hand, except for he plays uh, midfield, and it happened inside the box. Uh, Connor Gallagher takes a shot with his left foot. It was clearly going in. The goalie had gone the wrong way. And, well, I mean, going in to actually be a goal or not. But Thomas Suchek, like, slides in front of it and puts his hand down way behind him, right? It's not one of these, like, oh, it's part of his silhouette. Like, that's how you fall down. No, it's a beautiful save for Thomas Tuchek. He missed his calling as a goalie. And they don't even review it, man. They don't even look at it. They don't even look at it. It's the craziest part. It's yeah, one I, thing I, when they miss it live and they're and VAR goes, hey, we think you messed up. Do you want to go take a look at it? And they're like, I'll go take a look at it. And they still don't do anything. At least they did the process. They didn't even do that. And two minutes earlier, Thomas Tuchek had scored what would have been a winner right for Fulham or I'm sorry for West, West Ham. Ham and he was off he was offsides to the naked eye on the play right and offsides is hard we'll get into how hard offsides is apparently but he's offsides on a free kick usually something pretty easy to see and they took five minutes drawing the line and getting it right and they got it right but it was like literally one of these were like to the naked eye at the play I'm like he's offsides right right put the ball at the spot, get the ball back in play. And they spent five minutes reviewing it. Right. And then they don't even review a handball in the box. Don't even review. Don't even review. Right. I'm, I know so, I've said that five times, but. You I won't let you. One? I won't <laughs> let you flounder here all alone, man. Right. I missed this live. I woke up to a text from Andrew like, how the fuck don't they review this? Like, you know, pure vitriol, like we talked about a minute yeah. ago. Uh-huh. But um, I, I think it was uh, warranted in your, on your part for this because it's one of those, like, right, if you read the rule book, because I do know the, like, silhouette rule and stuff, and I've seen ones that it's like, you think it's a handball, or the way they passed and called it in years past, but that one wasn't close to me, right? That's more of a guy sliding, he's got his hand behind him. This one was more like he slid and put his hand down, like, in, it's in front of him. It's, like, to the side of, in yeah, front of him. Right where the ball is going. It's a beautiful like save. It's a, it's, a purpo- save. it's a purposeful movement to stop the ball from going in. Right. There's two words for that. One, it's a save. And two, it's a handball. Right. It's the only way you can describe it. Well, it's honestly, four or five years ago, it's something we would probably be praising somebody for is like the quote unquote dark arts. Like he got away with that one. Because the way he did it, it was very... I think it's like the naked turn eye. Turn the lights on, Premier League. I know it's early in the morning, but turn the lights on. Stop <laughs> I think. Like I do think to be fair, like that's that's hard to call from the naked eye, right? But yep. it's what what you're saying. Like I don't I don't I don't blame the referee for missing that in real time. That's fine. Why is like why are we not even looking at that though, right? Like is the VAR guy like did he you know take an afternoon nap? He thought he could get a little like a quick power nap in before the big block of games at nine a.m. or what? Like what's going on? They don't even look at that. I'm with you completely. This is the equivalent to if you'd walk to work every day. So you walk five miles to work every day, right? You're a trooper. And you, and you buy a car and you still walk to work. What are you doing? You have the technology. Don't mm-hmm. walk to work anymore. Get in your car and drive to work. They have the technology to go and take a look at it. There's like, mm, we'd rather not. Remember how long it took us to look to draw a line across the screen, which before today, I got to say, or before this weekend, didn't think was difficult to identify who the man was that was farthest oh, offside and draw a lot. Like apparently Not that's very, kind. apparently that's very difficult to look and see who's the farthest, who's closest to the goal wearing a certain color. 
but like to not even review it is the part that drives me nuts. We have the technology and them just, and him just being like, no, I think I saw it. Like you, you, Hey bud, you didn't, you goofed. Everybody was fine with you goofing. If it gets fixed, you have to be correct about these things. This is important. Mm -hmm. And we've already solved the problem of like, it's impossible to figure out. Maybe he takes a look at it and just decides he doesn't want to look at things because that happened in other games. But at least I will say like Brentford Arsenal, I know they went and drew the lines and everything for you guys, but at least they gave a shit enough to see if it was correct. Yeah, at least they, they looked it at up, it. but at least they tried. At least they were like, you know, let's try to be right about this. And they were wrong. Yeah. Our, I, the, uh, ref, the ref in, in Chelsea game was just like, nah, I'm pretty sure I'm good. And he was. Maybe. I, I totally kind of didn't realize that first VAR review, like before that you were talking about where Sushek was offsides. Like maybe, maybe the VAR official was just like, thought he did a really good job on that one. He was like, cool, going to go grab me some beans and toast or whatever the fuck those weirdos this game's eat. basically just, done. Nothing's ever happened at the end of a, of a Chelsea game. That would be exciting. I'm going to be. Yeah. Maybe he was, yeah, just trying to get out of there. thought he'd day, day, nice day's work like before that, but that game ends one, one tough on you guys. Sorry about that, buddy. It's okay. Not a loss. <laughs> better than a loss yeah but <laughs> let's uh, talk about a couple of those other really bad VAR decisions the other one you just kind of referenced um was that Brentford Arsenal game uh look there were to be fair there were like three instances that were very close to offsides in that Brentford equalizer but um, it was like they looked at the first two and they were like nope good okay that one's good too and they were like all right it's got to be good, right? They didn't even look at the third, I'm pretty sure, where I think it was Pinnock was offside on the header that went to him, where, granted, it was an amazing play by him. Like, he looped it yeah. over Ramsdale, put it in for Tony, who scored. It was a great play, but uh, he's he's definitely offside. Tough on Arsenal. <laughs> I do know before that that Brentford had one ruled out that was probably shouldn't have been ruled out also in this game. So that was earlier in the game. Like, maybe it's even, even out in the wash type of thing, but still tough on Arsenal. <laughs> for the premier league to suspend that guy and take him off of the uh, arsenal um man city game today right because that was him wasn't it that they removed from the game is the biggest like like just say you're wrong like oh he got suspended for what something completely unrelated or the horrible job he did all week like come on at least there's some accountability somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it'd be, it'd be nice. It'd be nice if, if anybody cared enough about Chelsea and uh, and West Ham to. Uh, I hope I hope West Ham stays up by one point. That'd be <laughs> beautiful. Or they. Or actually, I want them to get relegated by two. How about that? Take oh, that. Come on, thing. don't do no. that to our hammers. Our hammers. I just need Declan Rice to come on over, bud. I don't have anything. You can if have they go Jared to the Bowen. championship. That make it a whole Bowen. lot easier. You can have Jared Bowen. Come on, play him at left back. You'll love him. He's right footed. He's perfect for left back. But yeah. the uh, <laughs> the other decision that uh, was doing the rounds was a uh, Estupinian scored for Brighton, and they just against Crystal Palace, and they just totally drew the line on the wrong guy. Like there was a guy behind the guy, the defender they drew it's the line funny, for, man. and they just like, drew the wrong line. Because at this point, you just have to laugh about it. Like it's so comically bad. Right. That I can't even deal with it. Like in a, cu- a couple weeks ago, maybe a week ago in the NBA, LeBron lost a basketball game. The Lakers lost a game. 
And the NBA puts out a final two-minute report, right, breaking down all the decisions in the last two minutes by the referees to talk about the game being fair, right? And they had, like, a full-blown apology to LeBron. Is anybody going to apologize to Estupinian? Do they even know him, like, his name? Because what are we doing here, man? Like, I just don't understand. I just don't understand. I just don't understand. Yeah. There's been a couple, I guess, that um, they've come back and kind of, like, at least issued statements. I don't know if they did for any of these, actually. I didn't look, but they issued (laughs) statements being like, yeah, sorry, we got that wrong. Uh, We'll fix it next time, but they never seem to fix it. So, I I don't know, man. It's just put – if you're like Eng- England as a whole, just needs to figure it out, right? Oh. Like the Premier League, are they going? Darren, go- Darren England, <laughs> him too. They all got to figure it out. All those <laughs> refs, but like seriously, like just it's like they don't want it to be perfect. Yeah, like yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah, they want the human it. error. They don't. They want the human error in there, right? Because there's there there's the semi-automated offside that they use at the World Cup, right? It's black and white, hundred percent. Like, I guess the computer could fuck the up. The mannequin is offsides or he isn't. Right. Like, use that if you if you want it to be right. If you, your thing is the rules, right? You don't want human error in there. Use it. Like, you guys have the fucking That's, money, obviously. We just watched the, Chelsea score, uh, uh, like, spend a billion, billion dollars. So, like, right. you know, they have and the money to going. put that in. So, They're right. Like, here's here's my thing. They They want it. They actively want it to be wrong. Right? Like... They, they they want this, oh, human error is beautiful, right? Oh, the game. And, like, even just the way they talk about things sometimes, like, like run of play, right? Oh, that goal was against the run of play. That's not how the game should have gone, and it went a different way, right? that That's beautiful. And I love soccer, so I'm agreeing with them most of the time. This is silly. Be correct about things. Like, just be correct about things. What are we talking about? Well, I'll even play devil's advocate to you, man. I... I am a human error. I'm okay with human error in sport, right? Like I, there are times and, and, where and you you can't get rid of it. That's fine. Right. I get that it happens. Yeah. Right. I'm I'm okay with it. Right. Like I don't. If I was gonna fall on a sword one side or the other, like I'm gonna go more towards the Novar. Like in baseball, like I don't want the automated strike zone. I'm okay. I can live with the human error. Right. I've just accepted that. I think that even like right. There's gonna be games where I'm gonna you know sit here and say that my team got shafted or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like happens in the NFL all the time. Like the holding call type thing. There is human error in sports and I'm okay. I accept that. But it's like, if you're going to have, what's the fucking point? What's the point if you're going to get stuff wrong still? Like if there's still going to be human error with a replay system, it's what drives me crazy in the NFL at times is they do these challenges. At least they've gotten to the point of being like a call stands or they or it doesn't stand. Right. right. They go and look at it. They'll, 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 they, they, they have, if you're not a fan of the NFL, right. They, they have a thing where they just, if they go to replay and they can't decide, they'll just say whatever we called in the field, like that just counts. And like, right. uh, maybe the premier and that needs feels that. fine. And that right. feels fine, but go look at it. They're like, they're very worried about like, like the other thing that kills me is when they complain about how much time it all takes. It's like, you have the shortest game in town, man. Mm. There's no game shorter than a 90 minute soccer game. Right. Well, I don't, I don't like, like the stoppages, like as far as me, that, me but, either, but, but like, is it okay? Would you rather have a stoppage or would you rather have like the, the suit check goal, like not stand like there's, you can't do one without the other. And to me, it's like, it takes five minutes. 
Right, you're, but you're I, gonna draw the wrong wrong line about three or four times, which is incredible. But so like, here's kind of what I think is like the perfect alternative in my head, and this is, goes for multiple sports. Right, is like look at it, have a hundred and twenty second time or two minutes or something on there, and if after two minutes you cannot make an assertion one way or the other, whatever you call it in the field stance, and I I would be okay yeah. with that, right? I, like, but like they. The, these these things where they go on like five minute reviews and they're still missing stuff like that just this is they're, the worst case annoying. the the end of a basketball game is like all you need to see and i'm sure like the end of a basketball game would give a british man a heart attack where they go and they break it down frame by frame whose finger did it go off of last yeah. to make sure like i get it. i don't think I that's love, good and tv I, and i love basketball it's bad tv but i'm always happy they got it right mm-hmm. the thing that kills me is like are you saying we don't have the technology for this because like Tennis solved this problem, right? Mm -hmm. You have incredibly high-speed cameras that are at every major event, and you get the call right whether the ball was in or out, right? Right. That's easier in tennis. There's still a lot wrong with, like, tennis refereeing and that, like, tennis umpires and that kind of thing, right? It's a very subjective sport, but the thing that matters most, they got right. They invested because otherwise it was going to kill the sport off Mm -hmm. because guys like McEnroe and all these guys were – complaining so hard about how bad the refereeing was mm-hmm. that they fixed it. I need somebody in England to give a shit about these things just being right or wrong. It's like, oh, the whimsy. It's just so great. It's like, you guys messed up. And you. it's not just the Chelsea game, right? There are three other games from just this weekend that were basically incorrect, right? Like, they shouldn't have happened the way they happened. That's too many. One is okay. Right. It happens. Someone made a bad decision. It's clearly a widespread issue of there's bad refereeing and umpiring in this game. Like, fix it. Fix it. You're the biggest league in the world. Fix it. Fix it. Yeah. I think just around the VAR talk out, man, I think that, look, like I said, I would be okay with it. Just if you got rid of it, fine. I'm okay with that and accept the human error. But if you're going to have it, if you're in for a dime, you're in for a dollar, right? I think right. that's the perfect expression here in that. Are, that's American currency. Right. Yeah. If you're you in for the video. a pence, you're in for a pound. Is that maybe? Uh, that sounds right. Maybe if you're English. Chilling. Pence, pounds, I'm, shilling, actually, whatever. I, I'm more familiar with the Harry Potter money, to be honest. <laughs> but. Because top boys over there spending galleons. My <laughs> but all that's just to say, like, if they're going to have VAR, if they want to get the call right, get it right or have a system in place. Like I said, two minutes, you can't figure it out in two minutes. Fine. Like there'll be people that bitch on Twitter still at that point for sure. Cause they'll draw the lines themselves and like people still are going to bitch, bitch, whatever. Yeah. The semi, the semi automated was fine in the world cup. Yeah. Like just stop just unsolving go, problems. Stop unsolving go all problems. In. Go all in. If you're going to do it, go all in. Don't, well, don't half ass it. Go all in. You've, you've already started doing it. So I also don't want to hear, just get rid of it. No, mm-hmm. we have the technology and it's not that hard. Be right mm-hmm. about things. It's not hard to be right about things in an objective thing we can all see. Right. Right. And something like a red card or something like there's more, you know, absolutely. There, there's more black. There's not as much black and white to that for sure. Like I understand that a little bit more though. They miss those two, like ones that are obvious right. to everybody, but and, like, and that's fine. things like offside like, that are just black or white. Like you're offside yes. or you're not. It's, like, it's, it's like the only hard and fast rule that you have in soccer. Mm-hmm. Right. And they have the goal line technology, right? His watch goes off, which I think it'd be very funny to like have a, a Premier League referee just wearing an Apple watch and to text him. And then he would think the ball would go over the line because his wrist would vibrate. But 
Um, that's another thing. We've got to move on from yeah. that. We have we have so much else to cover. Um, Nathan Jones, no longer employed with Southampton. We hardly Rowan, knew ye. We hardly knew ye. Jesse March not coming in to coach Southampton, so no one will be coaching Southampton at this point. Um, <laughs> Leeds have fired Jesse March. They also still don't have a coach at this point. What's happening? What's going on? Is everyone trying to hire Sean Dyche? What, what's going on at the bottom of the table here, man? Um, absolute chaos <laughs> is what's going on at the bottom of the table. And we because, love it because it matters. I mean, just every manager's gotten fired, it feels like, down there besides like David Moyes. Um, <laughs> Nathan Jones came in to replace Hassan Tootle, lasted 14 games, all of 94 days. Can you name one manager that you can remember that lasted longer than 90, like less time than 94 days? There was one I remember off the Ooh. top of my head. Well, discounting how long Chelsea managers are sometimes employed, uh, no. It was uh, DeBoer at Crystal Palace, remember a couple of years ago when they oh, uh, like started like 0-7 or something and they sacked him? Like That's the only guy I could remember. There's a few more. I was listening to a pod where they talked about the other day. But uh, 94 days for Nathan Jones. See you later. Um, Southampton. Uh, 94 they're, they're, days and 15 points for Nathan Jones. Thanks, bud. <laughs> they're in full-on panic mode at uh, Southampton, obviously. As they should be. Which they should be, yeah. Um, yeah. They, they uh, lost themselves out. Yeah, they lost at home to Wolves over the weekend, which was like kind of the nail in his coffin. Which yeah. Wolves, Wolves have kind of separated themselves at least we, a little we, bit. We, under we had technique. to get mad at Wolves. We did. We had to yell at them a little. Invoice bit. still not here. Their, invoice still not coming. Um, I had to get mad at West Ham, and I've been reward them handsomely. I think. <laughs> uh, come on, buddy. not on Saturday. It came against you. <laughs> no, that's the hand, the handball. That's what I'm saying. The handsomely. Oh, oh, oh I thought I said I thought it was a handsomely. No, oh, okay. Well, I, you know, you can see the confusion there. I can see the confusion. The English language I, just too close on too many sounds. The Darren English language is just too confusing. Um, my question to you, man: Can Leeds stay up? Right now, they sit in seventeenth. They are one point above Everton, who's rolling. Bournemouth has kind of fallen quickly, it seems like, right? I feel like they were in 14th a couple weeks ago, right? And that's how the bottom of the table works here. But, like, I can Leeds stay up? They're the team I most want in this bottom of the table here to stay up, I feel like. Do you think yeah. they can do it? I think they can. It's it, look. It's so like kind of just what you said about Bournemouth, right? They were up at I, I I could have sworn they were up in like thirteenth or something like two weeks ago, but the bottom of this table is just so congested right now that all it takes is you know you have one good week and you'll be six points off the bottom. Like <laughs> it, right. it's that it's that congested down there, right? Like I'm looking at it now. The difference between Everton at eighteen points in the final relegation spot versus Aston Villa in 11th, which is, you know, 11th normally you're well clear. It's, it's 10 points only between them. Right. So like, yeah, that's, that's, like that, and that's, and that's, that's a solid, right. Yeah, that's, that's a solid little gap, but that's like, yeah, if Everton win three straight games somehow, I don't know how the fuck they're going to do that, but if they did win three straight games somehow, like they're, you know, mid table. <laughs> so, but, but even then, like, Leeds has played well recently, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they took Man United to what was it, like the 80th minute, I think, in the league. Yeah, um, over the weekend. Then last then, week, right after we record, they drew with them also. Yeah, in the uh, 
Yeah, I think in, in one of the cups, I think they were playing too because they played them like back to back. One of the cup. No, no, it was both their Premier League fixtures. Premier League yeah, fixtures? yeah, just right back to back. I blame the Queen. Um, probably. I don't know whether it was or not. It probably but was. Like, let's in, be real. in the most recent one, right? I think Rashford's late header kind of sets mm-hmm. them apart, right? Um, unless my memory is messed up there, but they played really well, right? They they played well. They fought. Not the time to play Man United, man, as they are absolutely rolling. Um, but like, I don't know. I'm, I'm worried we're going to be looking at Southampton going down Leeds going down. Cause they're kind of trending that way. And then Bournemouth, I think would just be the other team I'd have there. Who were your three right now that you think are getting relegated? I don't think Everton have enough about them yet. They haven't shown me enough. Like that. Yeah. Granted the, the one great win over Arsenal. That's Right. Awesome, amazing. Everybody. I mean, that. It, that was great, right? No, that no, was. I, I'm messing with. You. I'm messing. With no, you. that was that was really great, but I mean, they Liverpool. Were, I I know oh, that we're not going to get super that. into that game, but yes, like I know quickly. that I know that Liverpool, like that game was a little tense for a minute. Like Everton hit the post on that corner, and then Liverpool went down and scored the first goal yep. of the game, but. Liverpool was way better than them in that game. Like that would have been a bolt from oh, the blue type so of goal. I would I was gonna argue otherwise. Up until they get that breakaway where Tarkovsky right puts it off the post, right? I think Everton were the better side in that game. It runs away from them after that. But like if that goes in, I wonder I want I think Everton win that game. I really I, do. I thought I Liverpool it, better in that game but like I, the margins are fine like right if they if that yeah. ball does hit the inside of the post and go in like I, there's very much a world where I, they, yeah i think it's everton, for sure i think it's everton one nil and i think we're having a lot of conversations about Klopp. all of a sudden everybody's gonna act like uh jurgen Klopp's not had a horrible season and liverpool's super good because mm-hmm. that is what's happening it's already forgotten now that they're even just one point above chelsea all is forgiven well, they, well, the demons are gone. I, I don't. Do you have a ton more about the bottom, or do you want to move kind of to the top? Four? No, let's let's go top four. Let's look at let's look because at the top here, man. I think that's a really good news. transition right there. Just yeah. of that that like the Klopp thing because they beat Everton, and now people are like, could they maybe get back into the top four? Like I've heard and, and several answers, people bring this up, and the answer is like sure, but like you've watched like to, and I, I know you feel similarly about this, but like because Liverpool is like quote-unquote, the English club doing it the right way, right? Uh, now you have Arsenal to take up that mantle. They get so much forgiveness and goodwill, like, based on past performance, right? Which I get it, right? We all love Mo Salah. Klopp's a great figure at the head of that team. But they've had a horrible season. I'm serious. They got one win against a team that just fired their coach and brought in Sean Dyche, sitting in 18th place. and now. I've I, I've heard multiple segments this week about how Liverpool can challenge for top four, right? And they're not out of it, right? They're sitting at 32 points. Top four right now is 41 points, and they've got a game in hand. But, like, that's a far climb for a team that's playing very bad. Like, I just want to be like, yeah, great job beating Everton, guys. I know Arsenal lost to Everton, but we just talked about Arsenal being on a putrid run of form. It's right. not like slow your roll. It's kind of what I want to say with like all this Liverpool love. And then sarcastically, I just like, I just want them to lose by like three at the weekend and have it be doom and gloom again. Right. Like, 
Well, I just think I, I'd agree with like, sure. Could they do it? Maybe like maybe they hit one of these crazy runs for sure. But uh, it's basically you're playing back shit. Yep. Right. It's uh, I can't I can't get to that point right for them beating Everton at home. You should beat Everton at home. You like, should at Anfield. You should know for you. It's a for more them, important game. Anybody should beat Everton. No they should be playing them. Right. <laughs> it's they, your, they biggest, it's your biggest rival. It's the in-town rival. They should win that game despite whatever form they're in. Uh, even even when I take account like their place in the table this year, they should win that game, what, nine times out of ten? And maybe draw the other one? <laughs> oh, 100%. Yes. Like, yes. 100%. So the thing with top four, right, just to set the table a little bit, like it's City and Arsenal, right? Like I think we don't think either of them are going anywhere. Um, United have kind of the, – the cream's risen there. They've got that third spot. It looks like pretty nailed down. So you're playing for one spot in top four. What Liverpool might have going for them is like Newcastle, they're just not scoring anymore. They're just getting yeah. all these nil-nil and 1-1 draws and stuff lately, which picking up points when you're in a bad run of form, but the, the goals have just completely dried up there. Tottenham can't figure out what the fuck they are. They got <laughs> plastered by Leicester City over the weekend after beating oh, man. beating Manchester City the week before. So Hugo Lloris on paper is the world's greatest goalie. He's apparently a, a five-goal difference from any of their normal games. They just they can't oh, find their Fraser, Fraser Forsters. Got to be shaking his head about whatever free move he took to be the backup <laughs> goalie there because he was getting battered and it didn't get much better in the uh, <laughs> Champions League for them this week. Right, like, we'll get into that yeah. a little later. No, yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. But like Brighton's lost some steam, right? We were talking about Brighton, the team that's like not really lost steam is Fulham and Brentford, but it's really hard for me to see them climbing higher. Right, I can't They're pick sitting, either of them to get that spot. No, right? not for the last spot. So, like, it's very easy to look at this and go, Spurs, who's going to pick them? Right, they're completely unpredictable. Newcastle, eh, they're not scoring like they used to. They still don't give up any goals, right? <laughs> but you know that plus twenty-two goal difference is looking, you know, it's very solid, but it's getting less and less impressive each week with United running through people, right? Um. So then you get into Liverpool and Chelsea, and I don't think they have it. My goal is – I or my goal. My prediction right now is it kind of stays as it is. Maybe Tottenham jumps in there, right? I would love to predict Chelsea come on gangbusters and Jao Felix wins the golden boot, which is, I feel like, the two things that would have to happen. But I don't – like, I don't know. I don't have faith in any of those teams outside the top three. The top three are unassailable right now. Anybody yeah. not in the top three – needs to have a long, hard look at themselves this summer, right? If you're Liverpool, if you're Chelsea, any any of those teams need to look at those three teams and go, how can we get better than any one of them? Right. And not to, um, I know you didn't mean it this way, but just to say like for Brighton, Fulham, and Brentford, they're in, you know, heaven right now being where they are yeah. on the table. So like they, they, by all means, you've had a great season for sure if you support one of those teams. And, if they, and, and keep it up. You could do it. Right. If one of those teams can, like none of these teams have asserted themselves. If one of them can pip that four spot, that'd be in and be in Get Europe. Get Tim Ream in the Champions League. Get him uh, in the Champions I'd League. Love it. I'd Get love it. There. We all would but, love it. But at okay. the same time, there's they're they're almost beyond overachieving. Right. right. And the fact that they haven't plummeted down so like says how special this season is for them. So I don't want to yeah. ever diminish that or say we're only looking, mm-hmm. but like the top three look miles away from everyone else, right? Yeah. I would agree with that sentiment, my friend. But um, 
let's kind of move it along. I think that really wraps up the Premier League. We'll look ahead to a couple games, I'm sure, here before the end coming up this weekend. But uh, let's uh, let's look at the. This is our first. I know. I know we talked about like the group draw when it came or the. Uh, round of 16 draw when it came out, but we have not talked about a Champions League fixture on this podcast. No, it's before. been like they said it online. It's been almost a hundred days since the last premier since the Premier League group stage. I heard it's been a whole stadiums, World like, Cup since then, <laughs> an entire World Cup, <sighs> and an entire club World Cup. <laughs> and and they gave and they gave us such an interesting should be the highlight matchup of the first round here with uh, PSG and Bayern and. Uh, Safe to say, it disappointed. It was what a dud, eh? It was. It had all the hype of Liverpool, Chelsea, at six thirty in the morning coming back, and it had all the performance of Liverpool, Chelsea at six thirty in the morning. Man, it was. It was. It was a tough watch, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Bayern were the better team. Bayern came out and played well until and like we we were joking about this offline, but like the video online, the recap, right, that CBS puts out paramount is a 19 minute video could and be six it's a one nil win by Bayern. yeah and the only six thing, minutes the only saving yeah the only thing the only saving grace is that like in the 70th minute or so mbappe comes on because psg are losing and it very quickly was just like hey in case anybody was wondering who the best player in the world is <laughs> it's this guy yeah that guy really good because that game went from walk in the park from Bayern, right? It's like they're winning, they're controlling possession. They're really frustrating PSG. Like at one point the announcers were like, yeah, PSG like has the ball, like doesn't have the ball anymore, like ever. So when they get the ball, they don't know what to do, right? They're like panicking. Once they finally get the ball from Bayern, they're like, we've got to go and attack. They're not showing any patience. And then Mbappe comes on and it's very clearly like, oh, Everything is different now because <laughs> Killian is on the field. Yeah. Yeah. Bayern had a lot more possession, especially like in the first half. They were, it felt like a game in Munich. <laughs> like if yeah. you didn't hear the boos from the PSG crowd of like when Bayern had the ball, you'd have thought the game was at the Allianz in Munich. Yeah. Man. But um, yeah, just really dominated possession. They were kind of sloppy in their chance creation. I thought that they weren't really creating much. The, the goal came from Kingsley Coman, which PSG has to just regret every day that they sold this guy. He scored the, the winner in that Champions League final between yeah, the two man. teams a couple of years ago, and he gets the only goal today, but uh, or yesterday when that game was on, two days ago, whenever the hell it was. You know what I mean. But um, yeah, Coman just kind of gets found on a cross at the back post. Uh, I think it was Nuno Mendes who just kind of completely lost him in marking, kind of sucked in and totally forgot about him, and... Scores the goal, like you said. Mbappe comes on, makes it interesting. He actually put two into the net. He was offside on <laughs> both of them. He's a monster. He's fresh. Yeah. And the one, like, the, the one he was like, Byron, totally, please, totally. please take him out of this competition. As a team <laughs> yeah. with a little bit of a shoddy backline and a, and a dream to get to the final, I can't have uh, healthy Mbappe anywhere near the field. Dude, famous last words, right? But I was thinking about this yesterday, and you know, I've already I'm I'm on record saying Manchester City will never win this competition. I'm just okay with that. But like, you know, this is the mind. time. This is the time where like the hope starts to come, in where I'm like, okay, well, one of PSG or Bayern are going to be out, <laughs> and like Chelsea, we'll get to them in a second. They're down by a goal, like going into the second leg. Okay, and even, and but, even if Dortmund gets through, it's like you're not afraid of Dortmund. Right, we already, like, beat him in the, we already beat him in the group yeah, stage. Yeah, everything. 
knockout yeah. rounds totally different, but right, like, right. you know, everything will be great. But like, there's there's some big team like Real Madrid, Liverpool is a f- like one of the other fixtures, so one of them has to go out. Like these are all teams that have caused us problems in the past. I guess not really Bayern or PSG, but like Real Madrid, Liverpool, Chelsea, like these teams have caused us problems in this competition before. I'd, I'd love to just see all of them out of there, and it's just us versus Benfica in the final or something. That'd be amazing. <laughs> And when we lose that game, it will be probably the lowest moment of my soccer fanhood life. But, you know, yeah, emergency, get you. emergency podcast is Spencer. Oh, no, a, emergency like, like, you know, just no, lock no, no. myself you're, in you're my right. room and listen to sad songs. Just an emergency. It's me calling yeah. Linda, making sure you're OK yeah. as you're not responding to any of my texts. Uh, <laughs> um, but, yeah, like Pavard sent off. Um he won't be available for the next fix here. Maybe kind of important. Like just like yeah. they have depth. They have depth there, but they're playing like the three and I don't see them playing. Do you think like, they're, they're, like they're... some sort of like free transfer from like a big team would be helpful? You could kind of put him over on his on there's the right probably, hand side. Yeah, there's probably some die like dumb Bayern exemption where they can bring in some guy from freaking Freiburg no, you, or something. Well, if you if you do that, that's the that's the Barcelona exception. I know you're joking about. It actually does legally have to be Martin Braithwaite, <laughs> so you can get him. He's always a free. He's who's like available. the who's like the Martin, Martin Braithwaite, Braithwaite of, of center backs? Oh uh, yeah, like, yeah um, center back. maybe like a like Nicholas Otamendi comes in or something. <laughs> we need somebody from Germany though. I, I so think, maybe I like think if you compare Martin Braithwaite to. Nicholas Otamendi, I think that's a huge win. No, that's a huge win. Like Otamendi is better than Braithwaite, and they I should bring in. I've got the answer for him right here. Answer. I've got it. John fucking Brooks to see Bayern. Write oh, it. Okay. <laughs> well, you can't see that guy, so he might that's be really good in defense. Yeah, Definitely way too good. Well, it's hard to play out of the back with him though, because you don't know where he's at. Right? You that's could play true. a ball to him, and he's just oh, he's on the other side. Also, really hard um, to mark him. True. Uh, on set pieces, that guy is just, you can't seem to find him in the box. He has a hard time with all. the handball. It's like a five-knuckle shuffle type of thing. It's it's a huge <laughs> problem. Yeah, he'll get, talk about getting sent off for a red card. Ruthless aggression. Um, yeah, man. It was, uh, it was a horribly boring game from two of the best teams in the world. Um, Jeopardy was, in the second wave, Na- though, Na- at least. Neymar was not good. Yeah. Messi was not good. The team, yeah. like... PSG just weren't good as for a team. the first sixty nine minutes were horrible to watch Burnley esque as they like kind of sat and tried to play with Bayern but couldn't play with they them did play and a then, four four two that's what I'm saying like and even if those two up top are Messi and Neymar it's still not very visually appealing mm-hmm. um so they've got a, yeah. they've got <sighs> PSG weirdly has a lot to like figure out with having the best roster in the world right like. They just yeah. do. There's a lot of question marks there for me. I think it just kind of showed in this game how important Mbappe is to that whole team, basically. Like, it, it's so much better when you drop, you know, the best player in the world up top in it. So, um, it does tend to help. Yeah, it helps a lot. But um, I, I think I actually like, you know, Mbappe had a knock coming into this. There was a real doubt whether you could play at all. They got, mm-hmm. what, the 20, 25 minutes out of him. And like we said, he was by far yeah. the best player on the pitch yeah. after and, that. And in those 20 minutes, I can't believe PSG didn't win because. Yeah. Or at least so get a draw out of this. So seriously. Yeah. That's I, I think that like 
what I would say is that Bayern might be kicking themselves that they only are leaving with a one nil lead in this yeah. because they could like, there's a lot of jeopardy still in the second leg. Like if you have a fit in Bappe, the way he caused them fits there at the end, like no Pavard too, they're going to have to adjust the back line stuff. a bit yeah. more. Um, PSG definitely still in this. So we'll, we'll see how that second leg plays out, man. But hopefully it plays out in an entertaining way that people can stand to watch. Cause ho- like, be seriously, better. like I was so mad that that game was so bad. It was, it was so frustrating. Um, speaking, speaking of, of frustrating, frustrating. Yeah. I was going to say, like, um, in, How frustrated in, were you yesterday at about um, 4 p.m. Central time? So so here here's where Chelsea loses 1-0, right? We've got the second leg. That was the best Chelsea's played in a year, it feels like, right? Like maybe the only other game they played kind of better was like the beating AC Milan in the group stages pretty handily. Um, but seriously, like everything, everything that is supposed to be good looked good yesterday right like Enzo Fernandez looks great in the midfield right poison balls all over he did get beat on the at AMA goal but um to be honest I never thought he was going to run him down I was like oh he should follow him. he should follow him now he should bring him down Shao Felix looks like the best creative player like one of the top creative players in the world like he has been for the last couple of years like he looks every part of that Mudrick looked pretty good on the left side um Ben Chilwell actually passing over to him is an incredible thing. Reese James looked himself on the right. Um, it was the best. I, I, I hate that it ended 1-0, right? It would have been the only time in the last three weeks that, like, a draw felt very deserved. Chelsea hit the po- Chelsea hit the post twice and had a goal saved off the line. They had the better of the chances in this game. Um, <laughs> I wish the the Emmy goal is incredible. Um, we hit the bar off a corner kick and he basically just takes it the whole length of the field, putting the speed on, goes past Enzo, really nice kind of dribble move on Keppa to go around him. Who's been playing really well too. So as far as like Chelsea frustration and rage, this is the best I've felt about Chelsea. It's one, it's only a one nil deficit, right? With how they've been playing lately, like this would be a two nothing deficit and feel like a real hole to climb out of. Like, is there a chance we go out? Absolutely. More than likely, I'd say at this point. But if they play like this at home, I I think they can take it, right? So I think this is probably the most positive I've been about a Chelsea performance in a long time. And it's also the first one we've lost in a long time. So go figure, man. I don't know. Do you watch the highlights on this one? I, I don't know what you thought, but this was... Yeah, uh, so I... So this, game was, I this game was on during the uh arsenal manchester city game so yeah this was this is a tough afternoon for everybody yeah it's a tough ask for me to uh see this but basically um the way i felt about it right is i kind of had you know what you had texted me about it like going on during it i listened to some stuff on it some uh pundits talk about it and stuff and basically a lot of them gave me the sentiment of like chelsea dominated this game they were way better and they were super, super unlucky. And I think that's true to a certain extent, certainly. Like, they had some really good chances, like you referenced. They hit the bar. Uh, Felix hit the bar, missed the net one time. Um, the keeper, Kobo, had a couple of amazing saves. Yeah, for Kobo's um, nasty. Goal line, yeah, goal line clearance. Uh, even, like, the uh, goal that 
Adeyemi scores, like that corner didn't that hit the post also like right before that yeah. too? Like very similar to it, the Everton Liverpool thing we it's, just it's talked the about. Tarkovsky, yeah. yeah. Except it mattered. And it was right. But um, at the same time, like I thought, especially in the first half, um, Dortmund had good chances in this game mm-hmm. too. Like they, they were probably unlucky to only have one goal in this game too. Now in the second half, especially late, Chelsea were really pouring it on. Um, yes. So I, I thought it was maybe a little closer than what I was led to believe at first, I guess is what I'm saying. Chelsea still could have probably scored three, four goals in this game pretty easily. Um, but at some point, like, you know, you got to start to wonder here, like where, I guess a question for you is like, where are the goals going to start to come from for this team? Right. Because, um, when you look at them, like Kai Havertz, not really a natural goal scorer, like very much more of that, like false nine, he linked the play, like set up the wingers type of guy for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Mudrik, like has had a good season, like in the champions league and for Shakhtar before he came to Chelsea, but he only had 12 goals in 40 matches at Shakhtar yeah. while he was there. Um, you look at like a guy like Ziyech, he hasn't scored in like a year, I believe at this point now, uh, Sterling, you know, oh. there was a time where he was bagging as, a bunch as, of as goals. much fun as it is to listen. You just name every Chelsea player. That's not scoring. You just have to have a roster open in front of you because it's all of them. Um, <laughs> and, and that's, that's kind of where I come down on this, right. Is like, this is the first game where I have, there's no gripe with anything Potter did, right. Potter pulled all the right strings. Right, like maybe you could argue with like ZX starting. ZX played pretty well, right? Like maybe you could argue with whatever, right? But like he pulled all the right things. He gave his team the best chance to win, and nobody on the field could finish, right? Like it's about the players at some point, right? Like this is the first game out of all of them that I've really been like, nothing Potter could have done better. This game is on the players, right? They got to take the chances. They've got to make sure that this is what's happening and how how it's going to be, you know, successful for this team, mm-hmm. right? So unlucky with Felix, right? Unlucky with a couple other ones. Enzo even had like a really nice shot lately that Koble makes a great save at, right? That was um, probably his best save, I thought. Yeah, yeah, and and Koble had a, another one too. I'm I'm forgetting, but I know for sure. I said earlier he had a couple really good saves, so. I can't place it at the moment, but some of the finishing, some of the finishing though, like they just like the Koulibaly one that was like the goal line clearance. Like there was a lot of shots that I just felt were like, just like Cobell, like well done for sure. But they just kicked it right at him. And I'm just, it's central. I'm sorry. My center back that doesn't play very much. Didn't put no, but like, I'm joking. But there were ones from attackers too, that were like right at Cobell, like central. They didn't go for the corners. Like he made like the Enzo say was really, really nice for sure. But some of them were easier. I agree. Here's, but here's maybe what I could think of it as like, it's almost like a self-defeating prophecy. It's like, oh, Felix puts it in like the perfect place. It hits the bar and goes out, right? Mm-hmm. So after missing a couple of those like spectacular ones, right? It's like if you take a big swing and you miss in baseball, right? You strike out. The next time you go up, you're probably just going to want to make contact, right? Just put the ball on frame, right? Just shoot mm-hmm. the puck, right? If it's hockey, right? If you go for something crazy and you miss, you miss wide, you don't even hit the net. The next time up, you're probably going to go with something a little bit more simple, Right. Just mm-hmm. put the puck on that. See what happens. And I, I agree with that. Right. Shoot the ball. <laughs> please shoot the ball. Shoot the ball, please. Is something uh, if you've ever been in my living room watching me watch Chelsea, 
that gets said a lot. Just shoot the ball. Just shoot it. Doesn't have to be perfect. Just put the ball on net. Someone else can find it, right? Um, but the guy who, like, someone to come and get the goals doesn't exist in our team, right? Aubameyang's not going to do it, right? So it comes down to is Zhao Felix going to be – because I think he's a great, like, provider, right? Yeah, he's never um, been a, like, poacher of goals either, though. No, yeah, and, so. and he and he certainly can score, right? And mm-hmm. in this role, he's has to do so, but, like – He's more like um, a De Bruyne, though, like, where he's he's really great at yeah, setting he, up, but he's, he's, he'll, he's he'll, a, he'll pitch in some goals. He's he's very much an attacker, whereas like KDB doesn't get the credit for like his midfield play, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or, but I think Zhao Felix has kind of the he should be the face of your attack. I think Mudrik in this game he still gives the ball away, right? Kind of on like easy passes, but he slipped through Kai really nice one time, and the fear that Mudrik inspires in defenders is like very real. Like he is incredibly fast. There's a couple of long balls that he kind of just like runs down and they have to play out. Um, like they end up just like the defender like plays it out, right? Just puts it out of play because, but it's like a nothing ball that Chelsea should get. Fernandez is really turning the midfield around. Loftus Cheek's been nice sliding in next to him. Where the goals are going to come from, I don't know. Um, but the team is playing very well. And if we can get two goals in the home leg here, I feel very good about, about Chelsea's chances, right? Yeah. It's a tough hill to climb. I wish, of course, we weren't going uphill with this, but like for a one nil loss in a sea of ties and disappointing things, I actually feel good about our performance, right? They played well, right? Mm-hmm. And we have not, we haven't been able to say that for all these other games. Certainly. Yeah. I, and I think it's just, you know, you worry if Chelsea are really going to, make a charge at this champions league or for that top four or something, the goals just got to start to come. Cause I, I think it's, if I'm not mistaken, like four goals in their eight fixtures since the new year, basically. Um, yeah. They just, and I just, I don't see, I guess on paper where those are going to come from. Cause I just, well, I don't even, see even it. in the years past, like the goals come from wingbacks, the goals come from like defenders, right? Like mm-hmm. Chelsea has been good at finding goals, manufacturing goals right without a striker for a couple years now funny enough like the guy who i think of would fit really well at the tip of the spear here like we were talking about with holland is tammy abraham and it kills me because it's just like oh we just need a guy who's can do a little bit of everything and just is going to be in the box and make the run and take the chance but still wants to be it's like (sighs) god we got rid of him for nothing i don't know that they're going to go back and try to go get him right seems insane but you no, know, and I, I, I think it's the answer isn't like, oh, Erling Holland's the only guy who could come into this team and score. It's like, what if we got Giroud back for just like a couple matches? Well, could we be fine? I don't even think it needs to be the striker thing. Like, right. Like, it's just you need more goals probably from like the wingers basically at that point, And they're just not there right now. So that's kind of the concern, I think. But um we'll see what happens like this was attacking wise a great game it it felt kind of grand pottery at uh, brighton like sort of where they just they played very well and just the goals wouldn't happen i i don't yeah i'm not it, ready it, this is well this is the kind of game that like for at brighton pascal gross has two goals on like two shots yeah you know what i mean it's like that kind of thing and like it's a big game they looked very good i'm not overly worried right to talk about dortmund for 
a minute, right? I know we always kind of just talk about Chelsea when they play, and I'm really trying not to do that as much, but they were the story of this game. There's more questions about them. Uh, yeah. At Iemi, like, you talk about, like, the first half looked a lot more even. There were no chances outside of what the highlights showed for um, Dortmund in the first half. Like, to me, it felt like Brandt didn't have a very good game. I think he was fine, but not good. Um, to me, it was like Jude Bellingham. Like Jude Bellingham is going to another another team this summer, and I don't know what Dortmund's plan is, except for I'm sure they have some you know 14 year old that's going to be fantastic for him, right? But like seriously, talk about like an engine to this team. Like just watching him play is just like I hope we take you out, and I hope I hope uh, Chelsea takes out Dortmund. Not just because I want that to happen, obviously, but I also don't really want anyone else to see Bellingham play like I know it's he's not a secret but I'd like it if no one else saw him <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean oh yeah he was really good if this was the NBA draft I'd tell him not to work out for any other teams I'd give him a promise a guarantee yeah. and tell skip him that sit. pro day bud yeah skip that pro day we're not doing the vertical jump like not going to the combine he's, he's an incredible player um but yeah, I, I just thought some of the chances, like Holler put one into the side netting in the first half. Uh, I think it was Marius Wolf had a really good chance from like the edge of the box. Addy Emmy off a corner had a really good chance. It was very similar to that one um, that Jao Felix uh, missed the net on. So uh-huh. they, they had their chances. I thought they played you know better than some people have said. And I think the second leg is going to be fascinating, right? Because if Chelsea can't find their shooting boots, then... You know, we'll see what happens because true, but they're playing my, from behind. I guess my thing is though, like if you're Dortmund, you can't reasonably expect another whole game to be like if if Chelsea play like they did in the second half and for most of the first, you can't reasonably expect to get out of there with a clean sheet, mm-hmm. right? Dortmund have to be walking away going, "Man, did we survive one today?" Because mm-hmm. they were not on it. They were not great defensively. Um, they like slaughter back at the back. I thought was pretty good. Wolf is, I think, scared to death of Mudrick. Uh, is the thought I kept having is every time like a ball would go over his head, and and Wolf is very fast, right? He's not he's not a slow player. Every time like the ball went over his head, I was like, uh oh, is he going to be very worried? He's very good in attack, but um, yeah, I, I think Dortmund's got to be thinking about like. We got to be very careful in this next game because if Chelsea finally decide to get some finishing boots on, if they play like that, most teams are in trouble. That was a very good half of soccer. For sure. If they find those boots, then yeah, it's probably a bloodbath in the second leg, but we'll see. Those boots have eluded Chelsea the last couple of months, so we'll see what happens. But speaking of not having, you know, I don't even know if Spurs wore boots to their game because they just didn't do anything against AC Milan <laughs> at all. Allegedly this game happened. Like there was a score line and, you know, CBS sports put out like a six minute video about it. We talked about well, the PSG uh, Bayern video being 20 minutes long. Yeah. They found 19 like, minutes for that. And then they, this one was only nine minutes. Same score line, <laughs> nine minutes. Um, <laughs> and they showed the goal. They showed the goal for like a solid ninety a minute and a half. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If uh, if you're any you know soccer fan who has to catch up on these highlights, like we are during the day, like these CBS are are the best highlights, right? They don't miss anything. I, I genuinely think they do a very good job. But like 
if there's ever been like a, hey, who do they think is more important to put out a 20-minute video about? Let's get those PSG Byron clicks going. Let's get those clicks. I, I can't fault them for the hustle, but whew, For man. sure. But uh, this game finished 1-0. It was in Milan. Milan wins the game 1-0. Goal by Manchester City legend Brahim Diaz. But um, I know he caught a sh- – yeah, he, he played all, all of like maybe seven games for us. Didn't stick it left back. That's a fun joke. Um, I always think of him as Real Madrid, though. I just always do. I don't know if that's even right, but that's where he's from in my head. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. some players just like stick in your head that way of like, I don't really watch you play a lot, but were you Madrid? You know what well, I mean? Actually, kind of a yeah. vast well, well, he, kind of. Uh, he played for us, right? And he had like a good like bench player rotation season guy, like a maybe like a. Um, rico lewis type season like he's had this year for us so far and then he was like then he was like i'm spanish i want to go to real madrid and real madrid wants me so he just left for there and then flamed out super fast and went to milan but i've been there it happens sometimes they just want to go back to real madrid but usually barcelona (laughs) for you both i guess yeah sorry but um Hey, he's playing well for Milan. Gets the goal in this. I know he caught a stray earlier, Fraser Forrester. He made like an insane double save to start yeah. this. A crazy Let's double give save. Him credit that it, it should have been at least two now. Yeah, one of, the crazy, one of the craziest saves that never matters in matter. history. Completely because because like the third <laughs> shot went in, but it was a crazy double save by him um Milan were way better in this game dude like honestly like they probably they're kicking themselves that they are only up one nil because they had a couple uh De Cattelier had a terrible miss in the second half yeah. uh, oh, oh my goodness somebody else had a horrifying miss in the second half like two free headers like from the six yard box both missed um yeah, they're going to be kicking themselves. The Spurs didn't do like their best chance was like a shot from outside the box that was like right at the keeper. So really tough day after losing to Leicester, but they were impotent in this game. Uh, yeah, um, you may notice during that entire uh, breakdown of the game, Spencer just said we didn't say anything about two of the most exciting attacking players in the entire world of Harry Kane and uh, Human Song because they were completely neutralized. Um, and I don't think it was anything Milan was doing to them, right? I don't, I don't know that it – I mean, some credit to Milan, right? Their game plan, their back line played well, their midfield played well, really clogging things up, right? But, like, you're, <laughs> you're two of the best attacking players in the world, right? You have to do something. And we, I know we just kind of talked about this with, um, with, the, bar, with uh, the PSG Bayern game, right? Just because you have two elite attackers playing up top doesn't mean you're going to do anything. We're back to square one with like, why is this team here? What are we doing? What is the plan? Like, I don't know, man. I, I'm seriously, I'm just like back to square one. It's just like every time. And it's not like we thought well of, uh, it's not like Spurs were playing real well coming into this game after getting destroyed at the weekend. Right. But it was such a boring game. Right. It was such a boring game. It was such a slog fest. Like, Usually Spurs are good for a late burst up the wing and, oh, they finish it because they have really good players. Not the case, man. Just nothing. Yeah, just they nothing just – they, they didn't really show up for this one, man. So, yeah, tough look for them. Um, <laughs> they don't want to win any trophies, so they better make sure they aren't. Take care of that, that themselves. Yeah. 
But my uh, only other takeaway from this game is Raphael Liao is really good, and I just yeah. want to pay. I want to pay like eighty million for him. Not as bad as we do. Be. We've already we've already offered Raphael Liao. We're already uh, we're already sniffing will, right around it. You guys well, will okay. pay eighty million for a roast beef sandwich. So eighty million for Raphael Liao is just yeah. No but the roast beef sandwich very fast, and it's only twenty one <laughs> years old. Hey, so I, I love a good roast beef sandwich. That's not slander. If I had eighty million for a great roast beef sandwich, like Todd Bowley does, I'd probably pay it too. Uh, nothing, nothing like city to cry poor. Like they don't have 80 million to spend. Just come on. That's another FFP thing. Just write that off, man. Get that, get that good Qatari sponsorship money. Um, no, but you're, you're right about Raphael. That looks very, very good. Um, Chelsea really has been in for him before, right? They've kind of got him and Nkunku who's Nkunku is already coming over this summer as kind of the guys highlighted for that move. So, um, big fan of Raphael Liao. I think he's just so dynamic in that attack. Um, he kind of is, would you say he's the absolute scariest part of that Milan team? Like if you're going up against them, cause like that was the only thing I was afraid of when Chelsea played them as far as like their personnel. Cause we had, we had uh, Milan in the group stage. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so for sure. Uh, he's, they have a lot of good players. Like Hernandez is very good, but you know, yeah, he, he's the one that strikes the most fear in me for sure from afar. But ah, I'd love to just drop $80 million on him and just and see. we'll drop 90 It'll be great. Todd, don't let it happen, man. Also, well, actual real question. Where would he even play for you? Um, there's Mares a nice spot plays on, on the, the bench. Right. Uh-huh. Probably right next you, to Phil Foden, and he'd just be right into the rotation. That's what I'm saying. It's like you have Phil Foden. You have this one... English shining gem. Okay, but you guys just bought like 77 wingers, so you know, we can both have this. What about the weight? What about the wage structure though? I'm just very I don't think worried about your weight. I'm very Erling Holland's not structure. breaking the wage structure. I don't think Raphael Liao will to be fair. Well, that, I mean, well that, that is kind of the thing though. It's just like I mean, not to get into a city Chelsea debate about who should spend more money for him, but like Liao is someone is going to spend the money on Liao. Mm-hmm. I don't know who I don't think there's a team right now with a very obvious need for a left winger, right? Most elite teams have a left winger. Um, the other thing I was kind of thinking about earlier is just like where, if you're an up and coming goalie, where were you even hoping to go right now? Do you hope Arsenal gets tired of Ramsdale? Like every team's got a goalie. Every team's got a left winger and every team's got two left wingers. Like yeah. it's just a tough position for him to play. It's like, even if he played on the right side with a left foot, it's easier to digest, right? That's a more rare thing. Somebody will find a spot for him, but we should probably just move on because we're sitting here like going back and forth, having this like passive aggressive English thing about our club spending money. And we have like maybe the two clubs that spend the most money in the world. There's like Fulham fans sitting there listening to this, just punching their steering wheel right now. Like, (laughs) Oh, that's cool. Very excited about the $40 million windfall that might happen for Jedi Robinson. Before Pep yeah. ruins him. So, uh, no, but uh, I, I think before we move on, just out of the UCL, Benfica 2-0, taking on Bruges. Obviously, they won the draw before the game even started, but they won the game too, 2-0. They have the best result out of anybody in this first round of fixtures in the Champions League. So yeah, if, on you the road. Had that, if you had that predicted coming into it, that's uh, impressive by you, but... Um, yeah, yeah the, two goals. They get a penalty. Uh, David Neres kind of caps the game off there, but yeah, yeah I, th- I think um, 
Benfica were way better in this game, right? They had a bunch yeah. of chances that they missed. Um, but at the same time, like both the goals were really kind of similar to that City Arsenal game, like tough mistakes. Like the penalty that they gave away, it super reminded me of the Walker Zimmerman against Wales penalty, oh, where no. it was like he tried to kick a ball and he just kicked the back of somebody's legs and <laughs> really no. You reason can very to do clearly it. like, oh buddy, you're like a half second away from being a hero. Yeah. You're you're just like a little slow. Yeah, I I had PTSD watching that back. Uh, just the first place my mind went. But um, there was that one. And then the second one was like a terrible like giveaway at the back. Like just guy gets kind of like the Gabrielle one we talked about earlier, just gets his lunch taken and Nares goes in and scores. <laughs> but I like it, it's Benfica had a billion chances that they missed in this game. Like they should have probably really, really been up five nil or something in this game. But um yeah, okay. uh, tough as for Bruges. Did, it's going to be tough to turn that one around. Yeah, as as somebody who didn't watch, I hope uh, their the big boss at Benfica was able to pick himself off the floor from crying because uh, Enzo Fernandez didn't want to play there anymore. So, you know, good good on you. I hope you're doing okay. I hope that hundred million dollars is doing fine in your bank accounts here. But like, really, a, a good season, a good a good performance for Benfica, right? And they've done everything. They're going to be going into their home leg with a 2 no cushion to a, a weaker team. Yeah. Like, they got to be licking their lips here. This is fantastic for them. Yeah, they should be able to see this out at this point. They, they look the better team, like I said, in this game, too. So they, they should be able to see this out, get to the last eight. And, you know, I don't want to just toss them aside and be like, oh, a Portuguese team that we don't know a ton about, like, doing good, mm-hmm. cool, great. But, like, you know... It's not, <laughs> but just, Portuguese team we don't know a ton about. Good, yeah. <laughs> also, but like it's also, but they're also doing that. It, yeah. They're they're it's it's probably on paper the two weakest squads that are in the round of sixteen playing each other. So it's hard for well, me to draw that, a bunch of conclusions from them beating being better than Bruch. You know. Well, and and seriously, that was my joke at the beginning of here. Like they won the draw before that. They won when the draw came out. Like both of these teams are winners because they get a chance to actually make it to the next round. Mm-hmm. Um. Like I said, I could see a I could see a horror show where City get them and they just have the like the Monaco thing from like 2017, and I'll just have to you know die. So well, well, clearly, if you go back and look at it, that Monaco team is really bad. They're so (laughs) bad. There's not any good players on their team. At the time, clearly a disaster. At the time, no, I I know. But if you go back and look at Kylian Mbappe, kid was killing us. That that pill goes. That Timothy Bakayoko was on that team. Just a bunch of stars, man. Just. You know, you caught him at the wrong time. Uh, who was the other guy on that team? Oh, I mean, there's uh, Benjamin Mindy was on there. Uh, no, there's Baka Yoko. Bernardo Silva was on that team. That's, that's the one. That's the one where it's just like. Jao yeah, Moutinho. Bernardo, Bernardo Silva doesn't even get talked about off that team. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. that's how good that team is. And just like. Uh, Ended up being. Come, one of the best teams of like the last like 10 years. But at the time we thought they were this little French team that was a minnow and they just stole our lunch and it was very depressing. Yeah. Um, hindsight made that one better. <laughs> hindsight helps. And uh, not speaking of hindsight, but speaking of taking your lunch here, we've got kind of just real quick talk about the games coming up Tuesday. We've got Liverpool Madrid as the absolute showcase of this round. Please, Real Madrid, just put them in the ground, man. Like, I just I can't stand the Liverpool. Oh, everything's perfect and all right. Um, but really a fun fixture because if there's anywhere like 
that kind of rivals Real Madrid's like the ghost of their stadium and like can you do it there? It's going to play at Liverpool. Like mm-hmm. it's still a scary fixture, right? <laughs> Anytime you have to go in there and actually play. Um Napoli, Frankfurt, Frankfurt, uh get off the track, man. The train's coming through and it's uh Victor Oshman and uh Car- Farage You got it. KK. KK. Uh Kvarchvelia. Um coming through. And then Wednesday we've got Leipzig, Manchester City, the re- the revenge of Timo Werner. Um in Interporto. How are we feeling coming into a Champions League match? You got not the worst draw for a city. Not the worst draw, but certainly a good team. Certainly a good team with good players. Yeah, it's like it's really similar to your guys' draw, right? Where it's yeah. a, a solid team from Germany with some like really good young players like Vardiol on that team and stuff, obviously. Uh, and Cuckoo's cool. there still. Yep. Um, you can't take them lightly, right? But this is a team that we played in the group stage last year and they gave us some a little bit of problems, but we were able to handle them. So just, you know... Um, you hope that the tactics are just kind of ironed out and we've got that all kind of going. But um, yeah, I, I think as a city fan, I'm relatively happy with the draw. We didn't like, there were some massive, massive teams in pot B that we could have gotten that we didn't get. So pretty happy with it, but can't take Leipzig too lightly. They definitely got a good amount about them. They're right up there in the German table this year. So should be a good fixture. Honestly, I think that they'll hang with us and you know, I, I, I fancy us to come out on top, but yeah, just can't take him too light, like I said. No, and 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 like you said, it's one of these where you go like, all right, could have been worse, could have been better. Definitely important. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that and the and the Real Madrid uh, Liverpool are kind of the pick of the bunch here, I think, as we look into yeah, that um, one's tasty to next week. Not a lot as far as kind of the offerings this weekend, I would say. Um, Arsenal and Villa are 6.30 in the morning. Chelsea, Southampton. Everton leads, I think, is kind of weirdly the game of the weekend. Um, Huge game at the bottom. That's what I'm saying. I think it's the, I think it genuinely is the most important game. Yeah. Is both teams in their biggest, we need a point, we need a result. Not even a point. We need a win. Both yeah. teams are absolutely going to go in looking for the win, which, first of all, leads pretty much never goes into any game looking to draw. Um they have the American attitude of we just win or lose. Drawing is not for us, really. Um, yeah. That but nine yeah, o'clock Kevin, window is on Saturday is so busy too because like that I one's know. huge, and it's, then the Wolves the Wolves Bournemouth game is huge at the bottom too. Yeah, and I know. And then like who would have thought? But like Brighton Fulham. Fulham. I was about like, to say yeah, Brighton Fulham. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For a huge. Just this sentence is just fantastic. Just a huge game in the push for European football. It's Brighton Fulham. Mm-hmm. And not just because one of them is happening to have a great season, because genuinely both of them have a shot. I'm going to have to bust out an extra screen on Saturday, at least one extra, because like City play in that nine o'clock window, too. So, right. So that's one screen. Yeah. I'm doing the same math of like, all right, I have to make sure Chelsea aren't just absolutely getting owned by South. If, if Chelsea are getting owned by Southampton, we're going to have a huge problem. We might, we, we might really have to sorry. like, I'd like to, I'd like to pre apologize if Chelsea lose to Southampton. Because I don't know what I'm going to say. We might have to like game plan this, you and I. Like, you know, one screen each. Like, we watch our team play fine. And then we both need to have a second screen. We need to be coordinated of like, all right, one of us has Everton leads. One of us has like Brighton Fulham or Wolves Bournemouth. Because like, there's just, I feel like these are games that we need to see. And, e- like, 
Newcastle Liverpool is probably the shiniest on paper. Yeah, right? thank God that's eleven thirty. But but even then, it's like that game is not as important as I, I think. I think I really do think like Everton leads, and um, I think Everton leads is the biggest game. Weekend. I think I it think is. I agree. But like a fun weekend coming up here of games. Um, anything else we want to make sure we're we're covering here, buddy, before we get out of here? Because we are running a long one today as we are back in the heat of important soccer as we were during the World Cup. It's kind of the first like big week we've been back. Yeah. As far as results and a lot of a lot of a meaty pod, a necessarily meaty pod. Yeah, I mean, we did like 40 minutes on Arsenal City, but game of the season so far. Like on, I mean, as far as the Jeopardy in it, game yes, of the season. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I, I, wasn't gonna, I, I know I'd like to argue. I wasn't going to argue that point that that's been the most important game of the season. Yeah, I should have said, well, I said game of the season. Like most important game of the season was probably the better Right, like Liverpool and Chelsea didn't have a nil-nil draw at 6.30 <laughs> in the morning. Yeah. An absolute barn burner. Yeah, everybody's got that at the top of their uh, table for game of the season for sure. But yeah, a meaty pod, man. Lots to talk about this week. And like we said, Champions League back and stuff. And man, it's just it's a fun time of year to be a soccer fan, man. Because it's just besides like the league being backed up and stuff where there's always midweek and stuff like it's normally the time of the year where you're like weekend Premier League or Bundesliga or La Liga, whatever tickles your fancy. And then midweek, you got this Champions League knockout fixture. So just mm-hmm. a fun time of year, man. And we're going to keep coming at you with it this entire time, all the way through the end. So be sure to follow the pod, like, subscribe, give us a yes. rating. It was uh, it was nice for Arsenal to have a game going on during the Champions League. Just it's nice for them, you know. It probably will happen next year, but kind of a kind of a fun novelty kind of thing for them i, I want the really record nice. to show that i was like so <laughs> through my plug that andrew was like yeah i need to cut you off to like just jab arsenal I, really quick I, I, had, <laughs> I, had, I had a nice fun soccer joke pop into my head and guess what if there's anything just that this, if wait. there's anything that this podcast and friendship is it's interrupting the other person with a nice fun soccer joke you just had pop into your head that's what this whole thing is. That's hey, I, I know what you mean. We've been doing this for like you know a couple of months now. That it's just you're sitting on one, and you're like, I just can't wait. Just you just got to bust. No, no, your no. Butt it, it, it just popped when you said like when when you, something you said triggered it. And I don't know what it was. Oh yeah, you were talking about the midweek games, and it just made my head go. Oh, well, it's kind of a nice special fun treat for, for Arsenal fans. <laughs> yeah, I just I'm like, yeah, guys, sub- subscribe to the pod, and you're like, yeah, I thought you were gonna like throw a nice plug in there, and you're like, yeah, and Arsenal best chance they ever be in the Champions League, so whatever, get fucked. <laughs> it's kind of a nice a special thing hey, for Arsenal fans. I'm trying to be nice. It was. <laughs> This is important. This is important midweek football. This is something you guys are going to have to get used to if you want to keep playing good. Let the record state. I I love the joke. The joke was great. Quality. I know it it would have been better like an hour and a half ago, but (laughs) it came to me now, and that's what we get. But circling back, yeah, like follow, rate, give us a review on the pod. All that stuff helps. Um, Follow us on Twitter at Fish Fries Pod. You know, really just putting out heat on there. Maybe start expanding to some other socials here soon. You know, keep your eyes peeled on some of that. But best place to find anything right now is on Twitter for sure. And um, otherwise, I think that's all I got today, man. What about you? I am good to go, buddy. Um, unless you got anything else, I'm I'm happy to get us out of here. No, I think we'll uh, take in all these games we just went through just a minute ago, and we'll be back at it next week, my friend. Yes, sir. Until then, guys, 
Take care. See ya.